Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where if you're wishing to hear some book talk, you're in luck. I'm Tara. I'm Meredith. And I'm Susan. Hey guys, how are we doing this morning? Hello. <laughs> Hi. It's I'm very tired. So but <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, I mean kids stuff, but uh but 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 um we had the book fair for our school this week. Oh so that's part of the busy is we got to go to the book fair and you know look at all the books. I think what was most exciting was the girls would be like, We have that book at home. <laughs> Oh, they're recognizing I it. Bet yeah, they do. it's like yeah, th- yeah. <laughs> You're that mom. Yeah, you are that mom. Like, yeah, that's we, a good mom to be. Yeah, so we, yeah, we have that. Yeah, we have that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and then I helped break down the book fair yesterday. So that was like. I kind of wanted to be like, can can you leave the register open? Because I think I forgot to get more books last time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was good, and we got a few books for the girls, and we got some books for Emily's teacher. So it was a nice time. That's awesome. awesome. Yep. What about you, Mare? How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I got to do some something bookish earlier this week. I went to my Arlington County library and mm. got to hear Tommy Orange speak about his book There There. Uh, and that was it was a really great talk. I'm glad I was able to go. Um, and so it helped lessen the blow a little bit about Rainbow Rowell canceling her event last night. Oh, no. Yeah, she's still sick. Oh, um, yeah. So I can't, I can't blame her for not wanting to travel and continue the tour. Um, it's just so sad because I was supposed to see her at the National Book Fest, and the signings we were in ran late, so we didn't get to hear her talk. And then we were like, well, we'll wait and get our book signed. But apparently she got hit on the head with a light during an interview, and so <gasps> then she left. <laughs> Like oh, she's, no. She's been oh, having a rough... Luck. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I hope she's doing better. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh, um, oh, Yeah. But I got to hear Tommy Orange. So that was cool. That is cool. <laughs> that is cool. And I really want to read There There. So... Yeah. Um, especially... I'm not going to rain on your parade. You're going to talk about it. But I'm, I really, really want to... <laughs> really want to listen or read it. Um I just got back from Sydney, Australia. Nice. Um, and Tampa. So whirlwind trips. It's been really busy for me. So I'm honestly just proud I finished this one. Yay. 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 <laughs> Celebrate. Yes. I mean, that is a feat. This this was not a short book or no. you know, an easy read necessarily. Yeah, definitely. But it was good. I it think. was. We will get to that. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. <laughs> <sighs> My goodness. So, yay. Well, I'm glad we're all doing well. Um, I'm glad your travels went smoothly, Tara. I know that can get stressful. <laughs> a little, but it's all um, So was there anything else you were able to tackle besides City of Brass? Or was that just like your mission? So that was my book. Yeah. But that being <laughs> said, and I'm so sorry to talk about this, because <laughs> it makes me feel really bad. Let I me live did... vicariously through you. <laughs> I know. I did get to see Rainbow Rowell when she came to Atlanta, and it was amazing. <laughs> she is so funny and so warm and just really, like, just like a stand-up 
Her, I so, so, so loved hearing her. And she read, which she even said, she's like, I never read because I think that she's like, I hate reading my own books. Um, and, but she read, I'll, I'll, this is not a spoiler, but at some point, uh, Baz makes a list of everything he hates. <laughs> and um, which is so Baz, right? Like just the most Baz. Um, and so she reads that list and it's hysterical. I did shoot a video for it. Um, so check out our Instagram. As soon as we, uh, knock it down, I will share that with you guys. It is so good. Um, she was, yeah, she was saying there that she was having some health issues. So I'm hoping that she gets better and that more people can see her because she is just a delight. And I am so excited to read Wayward Son. I loved Carry On. I loved Fangirl. Um, I'm ready for more Simon Snow. I wish she would go back and write the other six Simon Snow books, but I get why she won't. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. But I'm ready for more of this ex-teenage wizard, now somewhat demon with his vampire boyfriend and smart BFF. I'm like in for it. I'm here for it. It is the next book I am reading. So I, I am really, really excited. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to read that one, too. Oh, oh, and guess what? Rashani um, Shakri, who did the Star Touch Queen, right? Mm-hmm. She was the interviewer for Tell Rainbow Rowell at, at, cool. in our city because she's a local Atlanta author. Mm-hmm. So I see her at everything. She's great. Um, cool. But yeah, so, and they were really funny. They, they had a really good banter. It's good. Oh, fun. That's always that nice. Is so cool. <laughs> Um, how, oh, how about you, Meredith? One, one day I will get to meet her. <laughs> one day, Mer. It's not like she's not going to write more books and go on tour. But <laughs> yeah. One day. It'll happen. So yeah, um, one, obviously one of the books I just finished. I actually finished it on the way to the event. So was There There by Tommy Orange. Uh, so I was feeling a lot of feelings <laughs> once I got to the event. Uh, so if you don't know, um, in There There, you follow 12 different points of view by uh, their, of Native Americans living in Oakland, California. And all of their lives are like somehow connected, and sometimes it's unknowingly connected. And it all converges at a powwow. And it was super thought-provoking and insightful and sometimes brutally heartbreaking. It brings it really brings to question what does it mean to be a Native American when you don't live on a reservation? What does it mean to be, and this was like a quote from the book, an urban Indian? And the title actually comes from a passage in an autobiography by Tara's favorite poet ever. Who could it be, Tara? Who do you think? Because I'm not being sarcastic at all. I mean, oh, wait, 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 wait. My favorite poem, poet ever? Is this Gertrude Stein? It is. <laughs> I was like, if you're not being sarcastic, or if you are being sarcastic, the only answer is Gertrude Stein. It has to be Gertrude Stein, right? <laughs> oh, man. So apparently, yeah, so apparently um, she is from Oakland. And in her autobiography, she talks about going back to Oakland and how the place had changed so much that the there of her childhood was no longer there. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, I guess the quote from her autobiography is that there is no there there. And, you know, this takes place in Oakland. He's from Oakland. So I thought that was a really interesting tie-in. 
And I also just finished last night reading Tunnel of Bones by Victoria Schwab via Aww. audiobook. Yay. Which was so much fun. An absolute delight, of course. Uh, and it's the second book in her Ghostly Middle Grade series. And this time, Cassidy and her parents are in Paris. So you get to go into the catacombs, and she has to deal with a poltergeist. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Nice. That's great. I really like the first book, so I'm glad the second one holds up. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Lots of fun. I wish, you know, we had this kind of stuff when we were growing up. Oh, the kids no. nowadays, they're getting into Schwab early. She's like, now I need to write a picture book so I can get them right away. <laughs> you know, Neil Gaiman's doing that. So, yeah. you know, that's reasonable. <laughs> I'm just going to say Tolkien did it first and just yeah. let it all hang. <laughs> the Hobbit people. That's true. <laughs> um, I, but I was specifically thinking of Neil Gaiman's Chew books. It's about the little panda. And he's Those like, are so cute. Oh, so I, cute. I love giving them as gifts. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I... Okay. So, small rant. You know how the library has a superpower of just dumping all your holds in at once? It doesn't matter how staggered these holds are or what? <laughs> So yeah, yep. that is literally what happened to me. City of Brass, a Court of Thor- Thorn and Roses. Ugh. Yeah, I think that's it. Such a long title. Um, yeah. And The Long Winter, like all those three books came in at the same time. And two of those books are gigantic. <laughs> so yeah. um, I just finished a ton of books recently. And so... Um, my current reads now are Circe and Harry Potter and Order of the Phoenix. So, how I'm are a- you liking Circe? It's interesting. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It's a lot more introspective. Like she talks about how she feels during these experiences because, um, like she's basically on the outskirts of all these things that happens. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking like, like one example is like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't really feel alone being alone here on this island. And then it's like, oh, wait, I think I am alone. And it's like, OK, <laughs> so <laughs> um, but but it is interesting. It's like a, an outside in view because she's like the first witch. OK, um, OK. Right. Mm-hmm. In Greek mythology. So yeah. it's like kind of how she feels as an outsider and how she's looking at these like huge stories of the gods, you know, like Daedalus and the Minotaur and things like that. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's been on my list forever. I know, Mara, same for you. It's Mm -hmm. been Mm -hmm. just on my list forever. And I keep thinking, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And just things pop in front of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I still haven't even read Song of Achilles. So I still need to read her first book. (laughs) I haven't read that one. I just happened to buy that from the tattered cover and it was sitting there. I'm like, I need like an easy read for my car book. And this sounds like a good one to read in the car. So, you know, with while like, she's cool. waiting to pick up her kids, right? Yep. Hey, so sometimes yeah. I get 10 you're not minutes. Literally, you're not literally reading while, you're while I'm driving, driving in the car. <laughs> I just, a disclaimer, yeah. don't do that. Bad yeah. things will happen. It's like, you know, if I'm waiting for an appointment, I just stuff it in my purse and take it with me. If I'm waiting for mm-hmm. my kids. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. I don't hate it. It's not what I thought. So. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. fair. Um, and speaking of Cersei, so we and City of Brass, these are 
refreshingly non-Western fantasies. Um, yes. <laughs> and I feel like recently we've been seeing more and more of that, which I think is so, so great. Um, and so right now I think they're just basically defining non-Western fantasy as fantasies that are not based on Western European history, topography, religion, or culture. Um, right. So like the rest of the world. <laughs> so yeah. everything that's basically not Greek mythology, right? Yeah, like if pretty it's much. not Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Norse yep. mythology, yep. Um, we're including it. Yep. Yeah? Well, I was thinking more like... Europe and like, that, like fairy that, tales. That's what I said. Roman, yeah. Roman, um, Roman. Well, I'm thinking Greek, more like British. Norse, like we're not in medieval theory. England. Yeah, like grim fairy we're not tales. In, we're not in thing. France. Yeah. We're not in. Yeah, yeah, all all that because that is okay, like. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I. I mean, I would include the Greek mythology in there a little bit, but I feel like it's a little different. Um. But, I mean, I think I was right there with you, Meredith. I was more thinking, like, the fairy tales and, like, very much the French, um, like, um... Like the Arthurian fa- Yes, the Arthurian thank you. That sort of thing. <laughs> right, or, like, you know, you look at Game of Thrones or Tolkien or all of yeah. it. It's pretty much all based on Britain. Yeah. So getting out of that. There yeah. is more to Western fantasy than Britain, guys. <laughs> like, it's not just an island in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but that's what most... Look at the fantasies. That's yeah. where most of them are set, oh, right? Sure, sure. I'm not saying it's not like a huge chunk of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after, just... after that, I think Greek and Roman mythology is definitely the next popular set. Right. You know? And now everyone's obsessed with Vikings. Like, right, right. if it's not white people, right? Like, like yeah. I think that's what, like, right? <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about yep. white people doing... Conquery things. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anything other than that. So, and with that, I mean, there's a ton of culture in the world, right? Is there any yeah. specific culture that you have always wanted to hear more about? Or, like, a culture that you were always fascinated with? Well, so, speaking of Tara just coming back from Australia, <laughs> as a kid, <laughs> I mean, maybe still now, honestly, I was obsessed with Australia. I just loved everything. Like, I wanted to see the kangaroos and, you know, do all of this. And so I was obsessed with this movie called Dot and the Kangaroo growing up. And I watched it all the time. But there was this one uh, song in there about a bunyip. And apparently it's like some sort of, you know, mythological monster that comes out of the billabongs and like eats you. And and so... um, I learned all about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just think it would be cool to hear some Aboriginal stories and myths. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe they're out there. I just, I haven't heard of them. Sure. Definitely. How about you, Tara? Um, so, I've always been pretty obsessed with um, Mayan and South mm-hmm. American folk tales. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. The Storm Runner is a great example of that, which is a middle grade book. But I mean, I can't think of another. I'm sure I could if I really thought about it for a long time. But um, there's just not a lot of that. I don't get a lot of Mayan, Incan, that sort of um, South American influence in my fantasy. And I think that there's just such a giant, rich culture there to be tapped. And I've always been incredibly fascinated with it. Yeah, that's true. And for, I mean, for me, it's going to sound like a cop out, but like, I honestly want to like any culture, 
any culture, basically. Like, it's, you don't hear so much of it, like um, the bear and the nightingale. It's like, I didn't know a lot of that mythology, you know. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. the Russian <laughs> mythology. And, like, yes, I'm Asian, but you don't, you only hear, like, about the 12 zodiacs, you know, um, with, with Chinese culture. And it's like, that's all you really hear, but there's more, more stories than just that. You know, mm-hmm. and then uh, with Africa, like there's uh, the mythology of like Anansi, the spider, you know. That, oh, God, I love the African. Right. Tales. Like, I would love to yeah. hear more of those stories. Like, there's just so much. And yeah, like, there's so much untapped information totally. that they could be using. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's why I appreciate Neil Gaiman so much. Um, because he just takes from everybody, you know? <laughs> like, That's like, true. I like this bit, and I like this bit. And it just, he, like, just opens your eyes to just more than just, like, the stories we know and that we're growing up with, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, it uh, sounds like a cop-out, but, like, any culture, honestly, would be, ni- would be nice. It is refreshing in a way. We enjoy learning. Mm-hmm. We're learning people. Totally. Like yeah. yeah. Well, and you don't want to keep reading the same thing over and over again. No, boring. Yes. It's nice that we're getting some diversity mm-hmm. in our storytelling now. Definitely. So, do uh, you have any favorites of non-Western fantasies? Oh, well, I know at least Tara and I... Anytime we can talk about an ember in the ashes, right? <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Um, it is definitely my favorite of right now. Right, mm-hmm. like I, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about a a modern author, I yeah, gosh, the Ever in the Ashes is just so good. And you want to talk about multiple cultures, Susan? It that is literally like a best of list of different cultures being smashed together, mm-hmm. and in a fantasy world, and seeing how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so good. If you have not read it. You've got to. Not yet. (laughs) Well, the first three books are out. She's working on the fourth. Uh, But yeah, we'll eventually get it. We will. But you know what? It's going to be worth the wait. I want her to do it right. I know. Me too. Yeah. So that's by Saba Tahir. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably another one that maybe Tara would agree with me The Grace of Kings by Ken Liu. Of course. Who we interviewed. Um, Yes. So if you have not listened to that, please do. Um, He's great. The book was great. Um, I mean, talk about high fantasy set in, <sighs> in like Asian culture. Like, it was in depth. That it is was a, intense. Yeah, if you are looking for like Tolkien esque high fantasy work, um, that is, you need to be checking out the Grace of King series. It's yeah. amazing. And I like how he called it a silk punk fantasy. I know. I like that description. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There's a lot of cool stuff going yeah. on in that book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I was trying to rock my brain of what my favorites were and I can't think of anything right at the top of my head um, but I mean I kind of grew up with some of that stuff you know um, with mm-hmm. the Asian culture and I actually had like a set of um, Korean fairy tales when I was a kid like I remember coloring in them when you're not supposed to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so nothing super specific comes to mind but um, I I do feel glad that we're getting more of these things, more culture. So, like that's yes. fine. I'm, it may not be my particular favorite, but the fact that it's out there, it's like okay, it's a good first step. <laughs> yeah, more than just Harry Potter clones. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah. Um, well, and we were talking about African earlier. So if you want some Nigerian kind of world oh, yeah. building and culture, Ooh, yeah. Children mm-hmm. of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi, which um, I think the second one's coming out soon. Yeah, Ooh. God. Uh, I, that okay. has yeah. been... I need to read that book. Yeah. I need to. It's literally living on... I have three versions of it. I have a, the paper <laughs> version. I have... I'm not kidding. I want to read this book. I have the Kindle version and I have the audio version. I, I just... I need to prioritize it. I need to pull it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a good time because yeah. then you can read that and then go into the second book. There we go. And nice. I don't have to wait. The thing I hate most about series. Yeah. Yep. Is it a duology mm-hmm. or is it going to be more than that? I think it's probably going to be more than that. Okay. Um, did, I can't remember if she said for sure it'll be a trilogy or if it might be more. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's on your TBR. <laughs> <laughs> Any other books that are in your TBR? Of non-Western fantasies? Yes. So, again, one that I've been meaning to get to, but at least I think the second one's out now, uh, is The Poppy War by R.F. Quang. So I've heard it's like a dark, violent war fantasy, yes. um, which follows Chinese history during the second uh, Sino-Japanese War, which I believe was during World War II. Um, but then they have, like, the ancient mythology mixed in, which, uh, so I've heard great things about it. Hopefully... I can handle the violence. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and another one that I've actually been hearing a lot about recently, it's called Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. And it's a Navajo-inspired dystopian. <gasps> where a- yeah. Where what? after... Yes. Where after a climate <laughs> apocalypse, gods and monsters are reborn from the waters of a flooded former Navajo reservation. And a monster hunter is tasked for looking for a missing girl. And I saw someone on Goodreads call it an indigenous Mad Max Fury Road. Whoa. What? You cannot right. see my face, but my face is like, what? <laughs> dying for this. I am so so into this right of blood and bone but that that is like you just listed like all the things i would ever want ever right uh, and so like i know dystopian is usually in the sci-fi realm but you know what it has navajo gods and mythology so i'm no no, that's a fantasy totally i I mean and this is what I was going to say. Most of my favorite things, and this includes Western fantasy too, are the myths and mythologies and the religious texts and like some of the more, int- like some of the deeper, harder things that aren't just packaged for us now. Like, mm-hmm. please read these novels, get introduced, but mm-hmm. like afterwards, go and read more. You know, read the original text, read where these things come from. Um, I, you know, I just, yeah. I, I love the original original text. I don't think that uh, anything can really beat them, in my personal opinion. But I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a purist in, at heart, I guess. <laughs> uh, but the thing on my, my TBR is The Firekeeper, which is the second Storm Runner book um, by J.C. Cervantes. Oh, um, what was that one about again? Like the the first one? It's, it's, the, it's the Mayan it's the Mayan mythology mm. middle schooler book, gotcha. which is super good. It's super, super, super good. Um, so the Firekeeper is the next one, and yes. um, I believe there's going to be a third one called the Shadow Crosser, if I remember correctly. I mean, these names are just great, and the covers are gorgeous, and the stories are rich. So, no, I just, I yeah. just remembered. I did see a display at the book fair 
for the firekeeper oh, now that I'm remembering okay. because the librarian was saying how like a bunch of those books got sold to the kids. Yes. Um, Woohoo. So, Children. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I was going to say, that sounds stuff. so familiar. <laughs> Does that fall under, is it the Rick, however you say his last it name, Ryorian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, yeah. um, yeah. it's that Disney imprint. Oh, Hyperion. Thing. Hyperion. It's, it's like Rick Riordan yeah. presents or presents. something. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. However, you say his last name, but Riordan. yeah, um, because um, Roshni actually has written some. She has um, the time. I have that book too. Yeah, like Arusha. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So man, kids these days. Yeah, they're, 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 they're getting good stuff. Yeah. No, they're we had good stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> but, I guess, but, but not as good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I am like buying up so many kids books. It's not even funny. <laughs> Listen, my little, my, my, my heart that's that, like my Garth Nix heart that is like, hey, now my stuff was really good. too. <laughs> it was, but I wish I had more of a variety. Of course. You know? Oh my mm-hmm. God. No, we mm-hmm. definitely, you know, had books designed for, yeah, they're getting way more fantasy and way more fantasy options. Yeah. And way more dystopian options. That are what I really really like about it. That are talking about things that are much darker than mm-hmm. what we got. Yeah, in, in a way that makes sense for their age group, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that's great because unless unless you were like me reading books that you really shouldn't have been at all age <laughs> all ages at all yeah. times, um, you were pretty uh, you know set in certain happy fence areas. Yeah, um, nope. so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, going on by that, like one of my TBR and it's a, it's a picture book. Um, by, is it? yeah, Neil Gaiman, it's called cinnamon and it's about an Indian princess who cannot speak. And then a tiger comes and like helps her and Aww. guys, the illustration for this book is gorgeous. Like, look Aww. it up. The illustrations are beautiful. And it's like, I need to get my hands on this book at some point. <laughs> um, so that's been on my TBR for a little while. I've been wanting to read that and read it to the girls because, I mean, it can't really go wrong with Neil Gaiman. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And that actually reminds me, if, if people out there are looking for diverse picture books, I believe the series is called Once Upon a World. And it, it has, like, the traditional fairy tales but told with different cultures. So Cinderella, mm-hmm. I think takes place in Mexico, Snow White was in Japan, Rapunzel's oh, in India. I love that. And like they're beautiful illustrations. So if you've got okay. any little ones that you need to buy something for, check those out. Very I cool. Yep. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take a deep dive into <laughs> this month's book, The City <laughs> of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty. And here's a quick summary. On the streets of 18th century Cairo, Nari is a con woman of unsurpassed skill. She makes her living swindling Ottoman nobles, hoping to one day earn enough to, ch- to change her fortunes. But when Nari accidentally summons Dara, a darkly mysterious jinn warrior, during one of her cons, she learns that even the cleverest of schemes can have deadly consequences. Forced to flee Cairo, Dara and Nari journey together across hot, windswept sands to Devabad, the city, legendary city of brass. It's a city steeped in magic and fire, a city where old resentments run deep and the royal court rules with a tenuous grip. 
a city to which Nari is irrevocably bound, and where her very presence threatens to ignite a war that has been simmering for centuries. Mm. Mm. So what's one thing that stood out to you in this book? Well, one thing that stood out for me with that summary is that Dara would have hated being called a gin warrior. <laughs> well, you know what? He needs to get over it because we're humans. And, so... <laughs> and actually, yeah, let, let me start with that because I know they're all devas, but then you have the deva tribe within the devas. So yeah. we are humans. When I'm talking about them as a whole, I'm going to call them jinns. <laughs> and if I'm talking about because devas, it's our I mean... word for them anyway. So that is right. a good way exactly. to like, differentiate them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that, if I'm that, talking that makes about, it cleaner. Yep, exactly. Devas will mean the tribe, Jin, all of them. Okay. World building. The world building in this book is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's obviously a setup book. You know, there is more to come. There's already more out. Um, but I love a good high fantasy setup book and build up. So I really, really enjoyed the, you know, 1001 Nights on a Flying Carpet. I, I enjoyed getting to learn all the bits and pieces of history. Yeah, I agree with you, Tara. I think that's the one thing that stood out to me was the world building. And like she's really smart to incorporate all the like the more familiar things into like the not so familiar things so you kind of mm-hmm. have a grip of where you are and you're not completely lost in all the information that you get. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and the map. God, that map. Uh, I listened to the map. audiobook, so <laughs> oh, I had yeah. no map. <laughs> It's yeah, okay. The audio book is good. It's good. Just no map. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. There was what? There was a map for the whole region to show where the tribes were, but then there was also a map for Devabad to show yeah. kind of how it was broken up, which was interesting. So uh, this book I would consider an historical fantasy because it is set during Napoleon's campaign in Egypt and Syria, which was from 1798 to 1801. And Shakobori actually said that this book started as a, quote, historical fan fiction, (laughs) where she was just, like, doing this world-building exercise after studying in Cairo, which I thought was super interesting. So what did you think about this historical element being added in, and do you think it's going to come into play again later in these other books? I think it has to, right? Yeah. Chekhov's gun, right? This is a this is the first book is a building book. Um, I think there's a lot of pieces that were just left on the table, mm-hmm. um, and for our trip and to in order for us to like get to where we needed to go, that need to come back. Um, I think the Napoleonic Wars need to come back. Obviously, I mean this is a really interesting time for the Middle East in general. I, I, it would be sad if it didn't come back into play mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah. i feel like especially for how much ali is interested in oh, the yeah. human world she's i'm, I'm doing quotation marks she's human <sighs> he's interested in the human world um you know by the end of it he's exiled mm-hmm. you know um and she already gave him all these hints like you need to go here and do this and da 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 so i think there's a lot of what we saw in the beginning that is definitely going to come back. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, so um, I, I actually found a pretty interesting article that I'm going to link in the show notes. Um, and it's an interview with the author from, I think it was Kirkus, 
And so she, what she had to say about this time period, she said, people ask about the timing, and I thought that if I said it in the late 18th century, I could have a reference to Napoleon in the first chapter, and then people might have a better idea of where this all takes place. But it's also the start, uh, really, of Western colonialism in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. and I wanted Mm -hmm. to set it as the dawn of a very new era for the region. So yeah, kind of what you were saying, Tara. Yeah. It's, it's a an, great, it's a really, not a great, it's a very interesting time period. Interesting time, yes. Interesting time period. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I know you guys are already talking about the world building. Wow. It is, <laughs> it is expansive to say the least. This is definitely like a high fantasy where you get a lot, a lot of information. So how do you feel like that was handled? Did you feel like... You got enough or too much. I mean, gosh, we've got the Jinn tribes and all these other creatures and the abilities and Suleiman's curse, and there's a lot going on. I mean, it's a lot. I'm the human that reads the glossary. (laughs) It was very very helpful. The glossary was so helpful, you guys. Uh, Audiobook, no glossary. In this case, I, again, the audiobook was good. The narrator was really good. But mm-hmm. um, if I did read this again, I would read a hard copy or a digital copy because it was so easy for me to forget certain details. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, she's talking to me. So There's just so much. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's, you know, kind of hard to go back and be like, oh, what did, what, like, it's going to be super annoying, you know? Right, um, right. So it's it's it was hard to keep everything in my mind. So it, you know, I had no map to reference. Like, oh, okay, and like there was no glossary to be like, what does this actually mean? So in an, in the audiobook context, uh, it is a lot of information to take in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it didn't help that I had to like read other books after this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, and I don't know, even as a book, I think it'd be a lot of information. Like, it's a lot. It is. Guys. It's, it's huge. It's, it's but, a bit of information overload. <laughs> but I do think the way that it's plotted out isn't difficult. You know what I mean? It's a lot. So I think, in a way, we're meant to forget some of it. I'm like, not going to lie. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, there's a lot of things in this book, and I really, truly believe this, and I'm going to reread it before I reread before I read the second one again, um, or the first time. I'm going to read this book again before I read the second one. (laughs) Okay. There we go. Because I think that there is a lot in here um, that was just sprinkled in, you know? Yeah. That Mm -hmm. is going to be very, very relevant. Um, Oh, yes. I agree. And and I want to be able to catch as much of that as I can because I'm one of those people, too. Uh, So... (laughs) But but I did not mind the overload. Like at no point was I like, oh man, this character's just nonstop, you know, and I don't care about any of this. Like they're just going on for thirty pages about X, which <laughs> sometimes happens. You know, yeah. it was broken up in a way that I felt was edible, and I think mm-hmm. part of that has to do with the narrative structure of changing the POV from Nari to Ali, mm-hmm. right, and back and forth. And I thought that really helped. Oh, right. Wow. So you would just get little chunks at a time. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> Ari's definitely our intro point to yes. the stuff. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. Ollie's supposed to know everything. So then we're just in the action with him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was helpful. Which that part frustrated me with Dada was like, he's like, I can't tell you right now. We don't have time. I'm like, no, tell me now. There's a lot of information I need to know. You need to tell me now. So you I can need give to know me what I'm getting into. But here. then the mystery would you can be give gone. Me more too. information later, you know? <laughs> it's like, just give it to well, me now. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we see her get frustrated from time to yeah. time saying, no, you're going to tell me now. Right. I mean, her timing was yeah. terrible for sure. Like, this is literally not the time. But at the same time, I'm like, Dada, just say it. Like, <laughs> right. Well, and I think it was an interesting way to also get some of his background, like when she mm-hmm. went to touch his ring yeah. and she kind of gets taken back into some of his memories to see his time as right. a gin slave mm-hmm. or a genie slave or whatever you want to call it. Um, thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was. I was all for the how she did it. It was just a lot. So it was. I mean, this this is not a thin book. This <laughs> is a five hundred and twenty page. Oh, that doesn't include that blog. Uh, this is a five hundred and twenty six page book, and this is not a tiny five hundred and twenty six page book. Yeah, you know, it's a the tiny tiny font, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's not, it's not like teeny tiny font, but it's like a sizable book. Yeah, you know, yes. big pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and so um, there are what there are six gin tribes, right? There are, and yeah. um, I feel like we really only focus on three of them in this mm-hmm. book. I'm sure they'll all kind of come into play, especially if there ends up being a war. Or there's there's definitely some stuff that's going to be happening, and and maybe mm-hmm. when Ali is out of Devabad, we'll get to see more of these we were tribes very hyper focused on the devabad and the devabad history yeah mm-hmm. so i agree like yeah. as our world expands uh, we will definitely get more from these guys yeah well and i thought it was interesting too that you have ali who is actually of mixed tribe heritage which mm-hmm. we find out later is not very common people don't like it yeah yeah and and so um because he's a mixture of Gaziri and Ayanal. So the Gaziri are the ones that are in charge right now. They're the ones that took over. They, what, gosh, I guess it was like 1,400 years ago, right? According to Dara, right. since he was there for it. Um, they've been ruling for a while, and yet there's still all of this underlining resentment and tension that seems to be at its breaking point, especially when Nari comes in. Mm-hmm. Um so what did you think about kind of the political side of this story? Uh, I love politics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd I like, like it. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's, it's book food for me. <laughs> so, um, I, I, we're going to get to the epilogue, right? We're going to talk about that later sure yeah the dun 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 okay, i mean we, no, we can talk about it now if you want uh, okay, yeah yeah because like the politics were interesting but they were pretty like baseline yeah. until we get to the epilogue and then i was like yes i knew <laughs> there was more happening i knew i was like I, you know because you get you had the vizier who is a deva and you have this um helper who's a deva so you have these high-powered devas in a gaziri court mm-hmm. and they because and like they're just in the background and they seem to be all cool at knowing like their place. Like every time you talk about, um, Oh, what is the assistant's name? Nizreen? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every time, you know, Nizreen is in a, 
uh, scene, she's always seemingly like, no, you've, you've got to do what the king says because otherwise bad things will happen. You know, she's very careful with her place. And then you get to the epilogue and you're like, everything you thought you know is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but you didn't think that the uh, Grand Vizier had stuff going on. So, A, unfortunately, I grew up at Disney. So, unfortunately, <laughs> if you have a Grand Vizier, I'm assuming uh, that guy's up to no good. It's like the butler, which, right? Yeah, no, yeah, the butler did it, right? <laughs> like, it's a red herring. Um, I'm assuming, you know, that guy's up to no good. But I actually feel like by the end of the story, um, and I think we all agree, uh, that, you know, the current king is maybe not the best human. Um, or not human. The best gen. Um and that, I don't know, I, I might be, you know, Team Kave. I don't know. I don't know enough of what's going on. But, yeah, Kave is clearly up to something. I did sort of suspect he was up to something. But at the same time, like, our second or third interaction with him, when he goes into Ali's office to petition for, like, legitimate help for the citizens, right? And he's saying, the king won't talk to me, but we, we're having a serious problem and we need to discuss this and he's talking to and he like reached out right away to his political rival um which would have had nothing but terrible consequences potentially for him if that's all he cared about i realized that this person probably wasn't you know bad i mean he's not bad but he doesn't want the gaziri in charge either. I mean, know? do like, I want the Kaziri in charge? I don't know. Yeah, probably I mean, not at maybe, this point. Maybe not. I don't know if I want any <laughs> anyone I've met so far in charge <laughs> to be yeah. 100% it's tough. honest. And then um, and then you have the whole issue with the, the Shafi, right? Which are the right. half-gen, half-human people who are kind of looked at as like, well, def- and, and, uh, you know, slaves, I guess. And that's the thing. The Kaziri got into power in part to help the Shafi. Right. But the Gaziri court is murdering them like it's no problem. Right. Well, because I think at least now where we are in this story, that that's definitely how it started. They started as the champions of like, we need to help the Shafi, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now it seems like the king is more like, we need to keep the devas happy and the devas don't like the Shafi. Too. I don't feel like it actually has to do with that. I feel it has to do more with going into like deep politics stuff here, guys. I think it has to do a lot with um, the socio socioeconomical situations of the world. You have to keep certain people down so that they stay in their place. They stay in their place and they work for you. Um, like these people are essentially slave labor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if they were to be helped, they would stop being that. And that's bad for their economy. <laughs> Um, well but they also don't let any of them leave it seems like they have an overpopulation of shafi but they're not allowed to leave they're not allowed to do anything other than be servants they're not allowed to leave because if they left and was like by the way there's this big city of brass out there the gin is real i have powers like i get that (laughs) i i i I understand why they don't do that yeah lots of potential problem but 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 then we find out that, like, the vizier's kid is actually a Nahid. That's right, Nahid. Mm-hmm. Um, right? I don't, yeah. 
at the in the epilogue. Am I the only one who caught this? In the uh, epilogue, maybe. they are talking about removing his tattoo, and that they can't remove his tattoo because he'll heal himself. And that oh, means right. yes, if he's yes, going to yes. heal himself, he is clearly a Nahid, yes. and they're trying to hide him from yep. the Gaziri. Uh, talking about Jam, uh, Jam, 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 Okay, yeah, that, yeah. That, that he's yes, he's yes. like secretly yes. um, Na- Nari's sister or uh, brother. Yeah, brother. <laughs> he's a boy. Oh my god! Yeah, how did I forget? No, that? I totally. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't figure out who you're talking about. So I'm like, like who? <laughs> oh. Yes. yes. Sorry, Jamshid. Yes. Jamshid, um, yeah, the vizier's son. Mm-hmm. Who, which means oh, the vizier and um, Nari's mother, Nari's mom, had a thing, <laughs> and she's probably his kid because that's where she was going. Unless, like, you know, he was just cool with her being with whoever. Um, who knows? <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, there's so much going on. I, I can't wait for the second. <laughs> Right there, yeah. There's oh gosh, that second book, man. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a lot, and it's even bigger. I, <laughs> I got a copy of it. Thinking if it was gonna be bigger or not. <laughs> the first one. It has to be. All second books are bigger than the first book. Yeah, I have never seen a second book that was smaller. Oh man. So, um, in that interview with the author, she had to say, kind of on this. A lot of these, a lot of these issues relating to occupation, they just resound throughout history. People take over places. I wanted to look not at the black and white, but the gray of what that does to a place, what Mm -hmm. that does to generations of people. You could think you were very right in your people's actions, and then you see they have costs. Even if you think you're right, people died. So how do you come to terms with that as a person? And I think we are seeing that, you know, Mm -hmm. like... Dara. (laughs) We see Dara feel really bad about it. But at at the same time, as soon as he thinks that Nari is full Deva, he's suddenly like, oh, I don't really have to think about my moral implications anymore. (laughs) Um, But but at first, you know, as he's growing close to her and he thinks that she's uh, Shafi, that, you know, he clearly starts feeling bad about what he was taught Mm -hmm. and challenging his worldview. Ollie does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Nari's clearly that character, right? Like, yeah. um, you introduce her, she's not what you see, she, she's the outsider, and you're like, oh, she's not, that's not what I thought that was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for those two characters, she's definitely the person that gets them thinking about their worldview and whether their worldview is quite right or not. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about those those three characters then, because they are kind of like the three lead characters. We've got yeah. Nari... Ali and Dara, and we yeah. get the points of view from Nari and Ali, but not Dara. So, how do you think that played into things? Do you do you feel like was Ali more sympathetic because we got to see his point of view, or not? I mean, him and Dara were kind of insufferable in their own ways. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, Jesus. Yeah. Oh man, a lot of eye rolling for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dara is like halfway an abusive. Yeah. Character. <laughs> yeah. No, there's uh, yeah. Ollie's just naive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's you can grow from naive. Um I, I think the reason why we don't get Dara's POV is because he knows too much. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And totally. Like if we he would just spoil too much of we'd mm-hmm. be able to put it all together, right? Probably. If we had he Dara's. wouldn't be dark and mysterious anymore. <laughs> uh, oh also yeah, he wouldn't be beautiful. He's so beautiful, you guys. <laughs> um, I do have to say that. <laughs> the way they describe him is 
great. Um, I don't, I really, you know, we, in the real life book club, we had this talk about whether people liked Ollie or not. People liked Ollie's sections or not. I actually really liked them. Um, I mean, hey, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, it reads true to being a somewhat naive, what was he, like 16, 17 year old, some yeah. teenage, teenager who thinks they know everything yeah. and what they know is right and everything is black and white. And he's and trying to do good things, right? He he's is. trying to figure out his way in the world. He's not completely following the line. Right. right? Mm-hmm. He is honestly trying to do good things and find a way to be a good force in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, as he learns and grows in the book, he gets less and less insufferable. And I feel like Dara gets more and more insufferable mm-hmm. throughout the book. I mean, ending with kidnapping. <laughs> kidnapping is bad, folks. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty bad. Do not do it. Um, and his, what I'm assuming is temporary death. Um, yeah, totally. Nobody, no death, right? He turned to ash. That's not real. He'll be back. <laughs> He'll be back. Yep. Just have to polish off that old ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it, get it to dear old mama. And, <laughs> and, and he'll be back. Yep. No problem. <laughs> um, but I worry for him because I do think potentially he's being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I do worry potentially that he is not as free as he thinks he is he thinks he is. Right. So I worry we don't, for we don't know how he got out of right. his enslavement. Exactly. No. And, and you know, clearly, um, Nizreen does not think that, you know, she can just resummon him by redoing the tent ceremony. You know, <laughs> that, 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 um, that Nari can just do that because maybe that's not what actually, actually summoned how- him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if her mom is out there pulling a bunch of strings, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, it, there's yeah. a bunch of things that there's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And yes. Yes. That is true. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, you got to think that they've just been playing the long game, you totally. know, um, yeah. the real long game, really long game, <laughs> but it's still, it's still a little confusing about how Nari ended up, being orphan, you know, like she thought she was an orphan growing up mm-hmm. on the streets of Cairo. Like, was that intentional? Did something happen where she was taken or, you know, it, it just seems like they would want to have, have kept her and trained her and like brought her up. Something to... must have happened. Yeah. Right. Like something must have happened to, um, Maniza, Maniza. Is that how we say her mom's name? Maniza. 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 So, okay. Something must have happened to Maniza where yeah. she had to dump her. Mm-hmm. Right? Because um, clearly she's under a spell to make her look human. I mean, I don't believe the king for a second in the you're not really human. <laughs> you're not really a full deva. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, okay, brother, sure. I mean, he even <laughs> admitted it, right? Like, yeah, I can tell whatever I want. Whatever I say I is true. Yeah, exactly. Whatever I say is true. And mm-hmm. now I'm feeding you another line. I'm right. like, so essentially, nothing you say out of your mouth is legitimate or trustworthy. Check. <laughs> um, yeah. But I definitely think something must have happened. Must have had to dump her. Because he, she must have been with her mother for a while. Because she does know the language. She does mm-hmm. know certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think a little bit like Ray from Star Wars, or at least what we wanted Ray from Star Wars to be like, <laughs> I think there's a little bit of a mystery of how that dumping sort of occurred. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but and what did you think of Nari as a character? Did you did you like her? <laughs> no, I thought she's so smart. <laughs> Oh, you didn't like her? Nope. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I did. That because, was a strong no. You know me. I don't like those types of female characters. <laughs> she Aww. just came on a little too strong because there were moments where like, oh, yeah, like, I could like you, but then she'll do something. And it's like, no, like, why? 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 You know, like, um, I think with one of the super frustrating things, and I totally get her side because I really agreed with her. Um, was when she was training um, with Nezra and Mm -hmm. Nezra's like oh this is how you do it and then Nari's like well no like you have to have training and you have to do this and it takes years and it's like I agree with you Nari but I don't think you're actually trying you know like all you're doing is complaining that you can't do this instead of like okay I will give it a shot maybe it is something that is just only intuitive so that's what I have to keep practicing you know, um, so that was a little frustrating. <laughs> so I thought she was very much like Steven Universe from Steven Universe, <laughs> you know, trying to learn this power, which is very emotional, clearly. What we, we learned mm-hmm. by the end is that you have to, like, the intent thing is really real. Yeah. Right. You have to really want it. It has to be, you have to have this emotional connection. And what we're seeing in those scenes that you find frustrating is that she's frustrated because she doesn't understand that. And they're not explaining it to her in a way right. that makes her understand, which it. I get um, right. Steven mm-hmm. is charming and adorable. Nari is not charming. I and liked, adorable. I thought, Nari, I thought Nari was extremely charming and adorable. Oh no. I, I, I mean, maybe not adorable. I think adorable yeah. is maybe a step too far, yeah. um, but charming. I did not I find her charming. I find her smart. I found her she smart. Is smart. She is smart. Um, She's street smart. Yeah. <laughs> she knows how to play a mark. She knows yeah. how to play the game. Yeah. Um, but, like, I find her a little too... Almost too smart and too, like, too good. I don't know. There's, like, there, there's like that line for me. It's like, mm, okay, all of a sudden, you know, like, to speak languages perfectly, and you're good at this, and you're good at this, you know? Oh. Um, but that was there from the beginning. That was, no, that's that's from like always, chapter one. No, that's yeah. what I mean, though. It's like, oh, why are you, like, perfect at chapter one? You know what I mean? And, like, not the greatest personality to me. So Yeah. <laughs> she was well, great. I loved her. So. I did, too. I did, yeah, too. That was not me. It's like, oh, I'm going to be the one who doesn't like her. <laughs> yeah. You are. You are the person that doesn't like these types of characters. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, I, no, I thought, I think something that, I really liked about her that I don't see from a lot of characters that I think you might put in a category with Nari, right? Is when she chose to then wed the prince. When she made that choice to instead of try to run away or try to get out of it, or she was like, you know what the smart call here is? The savvy call here? Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. isn't the call that's going to make me happiest. This isn't the call that's revolutionary or change of the future this is legitimately the smart call yeah i'm gonna go and i'm gonna make the best situation for myself right and that was awesome because you don't see that a lot you don't see a lot of political savviness from characters like this you see a lot of righteousness from characters like this yeah 
And that's the thing. Like, I think that goes back with her street smarts. And I don't know. I just, I found her really interesting. Uh, I, I definitely will want to follow her into book two. Um, do you think we'll get anyone else's point of view in the second book? Or do you uh, think I mean, it'll still be out. Ollie? It's out and I didn't look and I don't know. But you mean, you, you're thinking very Sabata here, though. You're thinking very like Ember to Ashes. Are we going to get new? Are we going to get another point of view? Another point of view? I, that yeah, would be nice know. just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, Who would mm-hmm. we want, though, yeah. at this point? Because Dara is quote well, unquote dead. I yeah. think you would need like Jamshid or Kava's point of view at this point. Because uh, like, the story my... has split like that. Mm-hmm. Jamshid. Yeah. Jamshid. Or, yeah. or unless in case Jamshid ends up going somewhere, I think that um, the other brother, I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, uh, Muntadir. Muntadir? Muntadir. would be a great POV. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about him. There's so many characters that <laughs> yeah. we could talk about. Um, yep. Real quick, I think we all agreed that we did like how it came out that we're like, oh, he is smarter and more savvy than we thought. Yes. Like, he is kind oh, of yeah, playing yeah. I did the, like that like underestimate me game cool. right mm-hmm. plus plus on the Muntadir has a gay relationship and is smarter than you think yeah plus plus <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah. I agree I think out of all of them I like Jamshid the best and you don't see him Jamshid very much so yeah. sweet. no but clearly is a much more important character right right mm-hmm. we, we knew right like yep. clearly so mm-hmm. much more important <laughs> mm-hmm. cannot mm-hmm. wait to the second <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so we're like we're already out of time and I feel like we like barely even scratch the surface but I guess I that's what happens with books that are this big and intense yeah. and in depth yeah. so hopefully if you haven't read it out there listeners this will get you to want to read the book mm-hmm. <laughs> but in closing all right three questions did you like it would you recommend it to someone who likes you know high fantasies and will you continue reading the series uh, yes, I liked it. Um, I didn't hate any of the characters. I just was like, mm. but uh, the story is great. I would recommend it to people who like fantasy. Um, it's different enough to be like, hey, if you want something a little new than your usual stock, I think you should read this. Uh, this mm-hmm. is definitely a recommendable book. Um, and I really am looking forward to reading the rest. When that will be, I don't know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. <laughs> nice. I obviously liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would obviously recommend it. Yes. <laughs> and I will obviously be continuing reading the series. Yes. We didn't even get to like theories no. about book we- two. Yeah. <laughs> and I have so many theories. Okay. Well, thro- throw, if you got any quick ones, throw like one or two out there. Oh, man. Okay. People I think are definitely going to come back. Mm. Um, I think Zainab, Zainab, mm-hmm. the sister. Yeah, there is way more going on with her. I think, like uh, Mutanir, we're going to find out that she's got her own political mechanisms mm. in the mm-hmm. background happening, and you know, she knows she's the daughter with two prince with two prince brothers. Stuff is going to go down with them. I guarantee you, she's a smoking gun. Um, I think we probably have seen. Um, I would bet money that we have seen uh, Maniza in this book already and we just don't realize we've seen her mm-hmm. um and yeah i think that uh we're gonna see more from Jakob and cairo and the world in general so yeah yeah <laughs> i know i'd love to go back to cairo 
That would be awesome. So um, definitely interested in seeing the world expand even more in the yeah. second book. Yeah. And maybe get some of these other tribes kind of uh well, we got a glimpse of the, the bird people. Um, who mm-hmm. are they again? The Perry? Yeah. The Perry. We didn't yes. even talk about the Perry. Yes. I know. There's too much to talk <laughs> about. So <laughs> I giggled at the beginning, Meredith, because you're saying let's dive deep into the book. I'm like, I don't know how deep we're going to go. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so much. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I'm glad that we all at least liked it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so next month's book for eclectic readers is Orlando by Virginia Woolf. Woo-hoo. And I've I love never it. read any Virginia Woolf, so me neither. Yeah. <laughs> An- another classic. This may be we we had that one year where we did the year of like autobiographies. This might be yeah. the year of classics. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um but anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. If you're interested in finding out about what we read, all the articles we mentioned, please check out our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 70. Uh, you can find ER Podcast on Goodreads, Litzy, and Instagram um, at Eclectic Readers and at Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. Uh, guys, why don't you tell them where you can find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads, all under Mayor the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And folks can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see, as Rudy Kaicho, R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And you can find me, Tara, at Goodreads and Twitter under my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And don't forget to subscribe uh, for Eclectic Readers in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that's how people find out about this and uh, we can get more listeners and more bookish people uh, on board. All right, guys. Well, great discussion. Let's shelve this until next month. Yay. Bye. 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 Bye.